I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is another installment of Convo by Design Presents West Edge Wednesday, a look back at all of the incredible programming from the 2023 edition of the West Edge Design Fair held at the Barker Hangar in Santa Monica, California. These conversations were held on the stage designed by Marbe Designs and presented by BR Home. This is part seven in our series entitled Behind the Scenes of the Living by Design Showhouse. So this conversation features Embello's Liza Kors and interior designers M.A. Allen and Bobby Burke. This program is moderated by California Home and Design Editorial Director Lindsay Shook. Thank you to Convo by Design partners and sponsors Thermosol, Moya Living, and Design Hardware for making the podcast possible. And thank you for listening and watching these episodes of the show. For links to all our partners, guests on this episode, West Edge Design Fair, Marbay, and Be Our Home, please check the podcast show notes for links. And you can find that at convobydesign.com and click the podcast tab. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Here's Lindsay Shook. Hello, hello, hello everyone. I'm Lindsay Shook, Editor-in-Chief of California Home and Design. Thank you for coming. It's so nice to be back in Santa Monica at West Edge. Such a beautiful turnout. Um, I'm so excited to be here uh, with new friends, old friends, to talk about uh, this wonderful show house, virtual show house that our friend over here created. So let me just give you a little brief intro. I don't think you need to know who this man is. Everybody already knows. This is Bobby Burke, designer, author, Emmy-nominated TV host who's known for his work on Queer Eye, but I know him for his design work because I think he's an excellent designer. So thank you for coming. Thank you. He just released his book, Right at Home, How Good Design is Good for the Mind. And after this event, we're going to have the champagne toast and meet and greet with Bobby, and he's going to give a preview of the book. The wonderful Liza Kors is sitting next to him who brought us all together today. She is the co-founder and chief executive officer of Embello. Uh, she started working in the industry for the International Home and Housewares Show, the largest trade show in, of homewares in Chicago. But after relocating to California, became the director of brand development for Design Campus. And she now leads Embello, which we're going to hear about in a few. And then finally, we have North Carolina Design, and, and North Carolinian I am as well, M.A. Allen, who also did a room in the virtual show house that we're going to hear about. So let me start with you, Liza. Can you just give us an overview? Like, what is Embello? Why'd you start it? And talk about the Living by Design house. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, so Embello is an influencer marketing agency, and we focus in the home industry. And we partner brands, our brand clients, with interior designers, with home bloggers, content creators, uh, to put together social campaigns. So essentially having them promote the brands on social media, so Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, TikTok, uh, blogs even, and these big, big social campaigns. Uh, another part of Embello is we produce the Living by Design virtual show house. And long story short, um, I also was the marketing director at Barclay Butera. And Barclay participated in many showrooms, or sh I'm sorry, show houses. And one of them was the Christopher Kennedy show house in Palm Springs. And another was the traditional home magazine show house in the Hamptons. And, you know, show houses, I was introduced to the world of show houses through Barclay. And what a powerhouse of a marketing tool that it is. You know, it's really 
bringing together talented designers and incredible brands and press and, you know, throwing a huge party, a huge splash. And they were great. But I always thought to myself, wow, this is a lot of work that people do. And it all goes away, sadly. And we're only able to see it for such a short period of time. So anyway, fast forward to 2020, you know, the big C word happened, COVID. And at the time, I was working with Martha Stewart Living on a lot of their influencer marketing uh, initiatives. And I thought about, you know, everyone was leaning into digital, right? Like, our industry is always a little slower to adapt to technologies and digital. And, but everyone needed to start thinking about that all of a sudden if they weren't already. And so thinking about something in the digital space and literally came up with this idea of a virtual show house and presented it to Martha Stewart Living and they loved the idea. They were also looking to kind of lean into more of that type of business and we built it together. And so in 2021, uh, March of 2021, we launched our very first Living by Design virtual show house. Bobby was uh, a designer in our first one as well. And then we just launched our second one this September. And, you know, it, it never goes down. Um, you probably all have a brochure on, on your seat. You can, you know, scan the QR code and see it. But um, it really takes a lot of, you know, the labor, the cost that's involved, you know, with show houses. But everything about it, you know, Emma and Bobby and all of the designers, they were able to design as if they were really designing their spaces. The only, you know, I mean, not the only, but a big difference about it is that they submitted that work to our rendering team that brought it to life so that it looks like a real virtual show. And house. it's so nice because they don't have to be at an event every day for two weeks, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's great too because you can shop the space, which I think that's always a challenge of the physical yes. show house is that it's not a shoppable environment, right? Yes, exactly. So Bobby, you know, you've done so much in your career from the TV show to your design work and your book. What about the show house excited you? First of all, there's a bunch of seats right up here if any of you guys want to sit down. Yeah, I know it's probably down. quite loud back there. It seems Very like there's a party loud, yeah. going on right behind us. Yes, please so come in. So if anybody wants to have a seat, feel free to interrupt us to sit down. Um, what was the question? Sorry, I couldn't get that off my mind. I was just saying, you, <laughs> come sit down, come sit down. I said, you've accomplished so much. You know, what was it about the show house that excited you? So you know what? I've done a lot of show homes in the past, like the ones with Christopher Kennedy and Barkley. And show homes are a lot of work. As a designer, not only taking the time out of your busy schedule with money. paying clients, yeah, to put together a showroom, it costs you money. And you're often limited by the fact that it costs so much money. But one of the most amazing things about a virtual show home is that you can do whatever you want. You are not limited by a budget of, you know, in my room, I cladded the entire room with woodwork, and I would have never been able to do that in a real house these days. You get to be very creative. Yeah, you get to be very creative, and the sky's the limit. If you can imagine it, you can create it. And so I think that's what's really fun about a digital show home. And I think, you know, obviously COVID was one of the catalysts for us to start thinking, how can we still showcase our creativity, why we can't actually do physical show homes. But I think it's kind of the wave of the future now. We realize we're like, oh, we don't need to schlep all the way across the states and ship all this stuff that then figure out what to do with it afterwards. Like we can really have fun and be super creative and get to work with other creative people in our field and it not be as big of a time suck and, it's, and not a financial time suck or a financial suck at all. 
And Emma, I know you did the Southern, I think it's called the Southern Style Show House. Where was that one? Yes, yeah, so I actually did two Southern Style Now show houses in conjunction with Traditional Home Magazine. One was in Charleston and one was in Savannah, Georgia. And aside from like the physical, you know, the physicality, you know, what was the biggest difference between this project and that? You know, it's interesting because I think both have their challenges. So the easy answer would be for me to say, oh, this was so much easier, but it wasn't. Because I think I'm often looking to either my client or architecture to lead the design. And so with this house, we kind of had a vanilla box. What, I'm sorry? With this home, we had a vanilla box. So I was kind of looking at this room. You know, I can see the exterior of the house, but I have to kind of come up with my own. I've got to lead with my own imagination. Um, whereas the Southern Style Now or any real show house, you don't have a client. Same here. But I also felt like I didn't have architecture here. I wasn't standing in a room deciding, okay, what am I going to do? I think for us, one of the reasons why that might have been easier for us is I used to feel the same way because we always had clients with like a physical home. And you'd walk in and designing isn't just about designing, it's about feeling. When you walk in, you're feeling the way the light was. I remember when I first started working with builders, we worked predominantly with TriPoint Homes and having to just design a home based on a floor plan. It was paralyzing. I'm like, I don't know how this room feels. How am I supposed to design it when I don't know how this room feels? So I get what you're saying, because since we've been doing it now for so long, it's a little easier. But yeah, design is so much about feeling, but it makes it an even bigger challenge. So that was my question, what it was the what was the highlight for you, though? Because that's the biggest challenge. But what, what did you gain from it? What did I gain from it? I mean, the experience of getting able to think outside of the box and to do things that normally I, I would be limited on. Because, again, normally you're limited by the client, you know, because it is their house. So they kind of do have a say in what it's going to look like um, if you're a good designer. Too bad. Uh, exactly. Like, no, I like that color. I don't care if you do. Um, and, and then, you know, going back to budget again, like, you, you're always – restricted by that. So I think the biggest benefit was allowing us to think outside of the box and go really big, which has allowed us to then kind of value engineer those thoughts and designs into some other things that we're doing in real life. Oh, interesting. So see, using technology to lead the physical, that's what I love. Yeah. You, you assembled a crazy cool you know, group of designers for this. How, what's your process in that selection? Or is it just begging people and see who does it? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, well, because we've worked with a lot of really great designers and a lot of our collaborations, we, we kind of know who we want to work with going in, but I guess there would be a few things that we do sort of consider. And of course we want everyone to still, you know, be a professional interior designer. Everything about the process is still very much, you know, they have to design a space, they need to know the specs and the architecture and be able to sum submit everything in order for it to look real as it does. So that's definitely uh, important. Of course, uh, being notable, you know, in the industry, whether it's being, you know, featured in a magazine or, you know, having a book or something like that. Um, just being notable in the industry definitely helps. Um, but really because it is a social campaign that we're doing, you know, all of the designers also have deliverables that they are executing on social media and on their blogs as well. And so they do have to be social savvy. They have to have a presence on social media as well. And they need to know how to work the game essentially, because at the end of the day, we do have sponsors and partners that are looking for these designers to promote them. They have to be good marketers. Right, exactly. And so be able to put together the posts and 
do the reach and all of that that we're looking and for. And can you just quickly talk about the technology you use? Because I think that's so interesting. Yeah, so we work with a 3D rendering company. Their name is UC Studio, and they're based out of the UK. They are wonderful if you ever need anything done virtually. I highly, highly recommend them. And especially, I think our, our industry is leaning more into that. We're, even like, we're t we're, when we talk to brands, a lot of them are already using, you know, 3D technology for their own websites and things like that. So it's kind of interesting to see how the industry is changing. Um, but, I mean, I don't know exactly the magic that they do behind the scenes, but I know that when I get the first draft, I'm always like, wow, like, this is crazy, you know, that this looks so real. And we do have a process where, like, everyone's able to review and approve and make it look exactly how they want it to look. So let's talk about your rooms. Um, MAI, you know, having grown up in North Carolina, I know how Southerners love their color and print and, you know, the layered feeling, and I loved your room for that. Who did you have in mind when you were designing this kid's space? Yes, yeah, so for this children's room, although we were set in California, I was really focusing on, I was kind of picturing one of my daughters actually, but I was thinking of a well-traveled, you know, sophisticated four or five-year-old. And <laughs> I just think, you know, I close my eyes and you say California design and West Coast design and I, I, I picture white room and white furniture, texture, neutrals, a lot of earthy elements. And I just don't think it has to be that way. Um, so I love for a room to reflect my client and to tell their story. And so for this room, I just, I went elevated and layered it up like I usually do. Did you lead with the wallpaper or what, what, what started the? You nailed it. I led with the wallpaper. It's uh, it's a Fromental wallpaper, crazy expensive. So I was like, well, if, if I'm not paying for this and I'm not having to call Fromental and ask favors, let's just go ahead and start there. I think, so Emma has four kids, so. <laughs> As we, we say in the South, we, bless we, your heart. Yeah, so we knew when we were onboarding who was doing our kids' room. We're like, Emma's got it. I've designed a lot of kids' yeah. rooms. And, but one of the things I love, too, is not only that you used a lot of our partner brands, but you, you were able to design a lot of the custom furniture, right, in the yes, space. Yes, that's true. And I think one of the highlights for me of this project is I absolutely love designing furniture. I love designing lighting. Designing furniture for clients, like case by case, is possible, and it is expensive, but I can do it. But I cannot design lighting for clients because it has to be, like, rated. Um, so this was a great opportunity when there wasn't a partner that we were working with that had something that fit the bill. I just designed it myself, and the rendering artist did a wonderful job taking my CAD drawings and putting them in 3D. And will you translate this into a physical space, we hope? What's that? Will you translate this into a physical space for a designer or for yourself? Oh, I would love to. It's funny because followers on Instagram keep saying, oh, is this so-and-so's nursery or where is this room? Everyone thinks it's real, yeah. like when it's, it's posted. Let's talk about the great room because that was one of my favorite spaces. I love the wood clad walls. I love the burgundy, which is such a big trend in fashion right now. So I'm like, what do you know before we know? <laughs> but what did you gain from it as a designer? working in a virtual space and designing a virtual space? You know, again, I think it just goes back to doing things that I normally wouldn't do. I'm, for the most part, in my, in my firm and in, in my own design aesthetic, I'm pretty minimalist. Um, you know, a lot of people would be shocked to know that all the, the walls in my house are white. Um, most people would assume I have a lot of dark walls, and I have in the past, um, but I'm in an all-white wall phase at the moment. Um, so it, just being able to do something that I normally wouldn't do and to think outside of the box and to mix it up a bit. Like, uh, this is 
way, it's funny because it is very modern, but it has a lot of traditional elements to it. Yeah. A lot of the, the, the wood and the, the crown molding, it's very traditional, which is something I normally don't do. So I think that was what I, I gained out of it the most, is just really doing something that I normally wouldn't do, and which then forces myself to do that. I forgot there's an airport here. One more year, and that won't happen anymore. Um, it really helped me to kind of mix it up a bit, and which has then helped me to mix it up a bit more. And has it changed real. your aesthetic at all on physical design? Um, I ha yeah, I have. We have started like incorporating more moldings into designs and stuff where we weren't in the past. Um, so yeah, it's definitely helped me kind of shift more into more maximalism in some of our designs. In my home, I'm still a minimalist. Everyone's definition of maximalism is so different, right? Yes. <laughs> I want to talk about the business side of this because I love, you know, I'm really into e-commerce and I love when content and commerce come together. So can you talk about like the shoppable experience of it? And if you have any stats you can share, any like great stories about how maybe you did sell a lot for a brand or, you know, anything to share? Yeah. So one of the great things about it being on a website and having a virtual experience is that all of the products that are featured, you'll see that they all have green tags. And so you're able to get inspired, but you're also able to find products. And if you like a minted art piece, you know, you can click on that piece and it takes you directly to the website. We are not an e-commerce website. We're not looking to be. We're just obviously driving traffic to our partners' websites. Um, and even if you maybe don't want that piece, you can then find more, you know, from, from those partners. And so it just makes it a really cohesive way to, to shop, essentially, and explore. And, and a lot of what we do, too, is we work really hard on the user experience of the website because that's incredibly important now. Like, we built it mobile first because we know people are going to be on their Instagram, see Emma and Bobby's posts. That's how they're going to see it on their phones. And that's how they're going to experience product as well. And so that was a really important part for, for, us, for us, too. And using these tools, I mean, it sounds like you just sent it to the company, but has that shifted your design process at all, MA and Bobby? Like, you know, are you doing more rendering? Are you... For me, no. Rendering is something that we've been doing for a long time. Um, I would say back in when rendering still looked really sad, probably like 2013, we were trying to do renderings for clients because it really, it, it added more work, but it actually cut down on the work because it cut down on the client being like, oh, this isn't I, what I, I imagined. And like, yeah, or like, no, this is exactly what you imagined. Um, so for us, it hasn't changed. Obviously, it's gotten way better to where renderings like look like real spaces now. So that's been great. How about for you? Yeah, same for us. A rendering is usually uh, typically a part of our process. And where at one point it was hand-drawn and watercolored, then we switched to these photorealistic 3D renderings, which are, again, successful in you know, I can close my eyes and see a space as I'm designing it. I'm never surprised in the end. I'm just incredibly visual, but clients will even trick you that they are visual and they are not. And so sometimes when we're putting together a lot of different combinations of things that they couldn't do on their own, which is why they're hiring us, I think having that rendering is just a great tool for us to seal the deal and to give them confidence in what they're buying. Well, I think it's just a great way to, as we say, you know, cover your tail, but make sure they have made a decision, they've agreed on it, and, you know, so there's no negotiating afterwards. Okay, now you have to be honest. Aside from your own room, everyone has to tell me, which was your favorite space and why? 
know. We're all I mean, I loved DeVito's. I love everything oh, yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, DeVito's bedroom it's was funny. so funny. He's so it's very opposite of me as a designer, and yours as well. Like, you're more of a maximalist. You love pattern and color. I'm usually very neutrals. I'm usually scared of pattern and color, although recently I've gotten more into it. So I think MAs and, like, DeVito's are just so colorful, such great use of mixing patterns. How are you, Liza? I know it's hard for you to say, but... It's so hard to pick a favorite. It's like asking my kids. I which know. My kids <laughs> Mila. <laughs> no, no, I love you too, Luca. Uh, I'm like looking at the list because I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone. Okay, well, so Bridget's Ar bathroom was beautiful. Ar Ariel Oaken's sunroom was just her detailing was just beautiful and amazing, and to see that come to life, um, it was just really, really cool. I like just like unique elements, but I think what was interesting was seeing. I, I did see tr trends kind of come out, or what the. It was cool. I felt like I saw insight as to what you guys are seeing in design and I saw a lot of green like your bath you know was green, green yeah that green towel and Marie Flanagan's bedroom was green DeBito had you know some yeah he had Yellows his green little tiled yeah bath um, and then Aria Oaken again she had green so I saw a ton of green so in you feel like home. it's a trend forecasting tool almost I think green might be yeah. green is in green is in or maybe now it's out because it was I don't know what, how that works anymore but yeah how about you M.A.? Well, I love Bobby's room. I'm a huge fan of using marble on walls and doing intricate paneling with marble. And he did that so successfully in that space, blended with the wood. So loved that. And Marie Flanagan, her room was beautiful to me. Um, just the level of detail and the layering that she put forth in the rendering, I thought were really fantastic. You know, you can just kind of feel yourself walking through that space. I want to just quickly ask you two designers, you know, since you have done now physical show houses and the virtual, what has the show house model been good for your, you know, is it a good marketing tool? Is it a good business tool? Did you get a lot of clients from it? I know a lot of designers are always curious because it does take so much money and effort. So it's a hard thing to decide to do, right? I think so. You know, I started, my very first one was with Angela Pickens and it's I, where right? she went, we were worked on it year 2015. 2016. Well, that was a different one. That was the Sonos one. This was um, for Christopher Kennedy Compound in 2015. And I think it definitely helped put me on the map as a designer. You know, I had retail stores before. I was more known as a retailer than a designer. And I think showing my design ability in a show home is what, is what helped people start to see that. How about for you, Emma? Yes, I think it, it's definitely helped me in a number of ways. And the first show house I ever did was one local in my own um, city in Raleigh, North Carolina. And you don't see the effects of it immediately. But later on, I got clients, and they would say, oh, well, I saw your room in the show house, or so-and-so saw your room in the show house and recommended you to me. But for me, at first, I used it as a vehicle for me to show my own design style because I was kind of stuck in a rut in Raleigh, North Carolina, where it's really a pretty conservative group, and no one was up for a lot of, like, variety or, hey, let's try something new. Let's not look like our neighbor. So it gave me a chance to show my style. Um, so I think that was good. And then I'll also speak to just the partnerships that I've made with vendors through particularly the two Southern Style Now show houses and even with this one. Once you have a partner and they say, okay, you can use our product, we will loan you anything or we will go you know, gratis on anything you want for your room, you start going through their product library just like a crazy person because it's like your option. You got to do it. You got to pick something. And next thing you know, you're working on a client project an hour later and you're like, oh, I just learned about this new vendor. So it's or, great for both designers and brands, right? Yeah. So 
I wondered if you could just talk to us about your new book and what it, you know, what it's meant for your brand and like how it's changed your business. Yeah, so my new book is called Right at Home, How Good Design is Good for the Mind. And you know, for quite a few years I'd been being asked to do a design book and I wanted to do a design book, but I wanted to do a design book that would really help the everyday person figure out what was right for their home. I didn't want to do a book where I was just giving my point of view on what worked. It was more of a, I like to call it a self-help book more than even a design book, because it's all about the mental health aspect of your home and figuring out what makes you happy, not just in design. You know, one of the things that I used to ask on Queer Eye, our heroes, would be like, well, what's your design aesthetic? And I remember our very first hero, Tom, and he rest in peace, would say, uh, French industrial. And I was like, you know what that is? And he's like, no, I just heard it once. And I'm like, all right. And I, I actually got to found, or I found that a lot of clients even, you'd ask them what the design aesthetic was, and they, they would tell you something because they didn't want to sound like they didn't know what they were talking about, but it would be completely wrong. And, and so you'd start designing around that, and then they'd be like, oh, well, this doesn't feel like me at all. So instead, I started to ask them, like, you know, we had a hero who had inherited his grandmother's home, and it was, you know, it was a beautiful home for his grandmother, but not for a 27-year-old bachelor. So I was like, you know, Remy, what's your design aesthetic? And he's like, I have no idea. I've never been asked that before. It's never even been on my radar. And I was like, all right, well, what's your favorite TV show? And he's like, Mad Men. And I'm like... All right, mid-century. There you go. Good. That's a good, I'm like, That's a good design question. What's your dream vacation? And he's like, oh, I'd love to go to Cuba. I'm like, okay, also kind of mid-century, you know, stuck in the 50s a little bit. So I did the furniture in mid-century modern. And I did this really cool uh, photogra uh, photograph mural in the living room of a cafe in Havana. I did some, uh, you know, banana leaf wallpaper in the breakfast nook. And he walked in and he was like, my God, this home feels like me. This home makes me so happy. I gave you nothing. How did you figure this out? And I'm like, I asked you about the things that made you happy. And that's what the first chapter of the book is about, is there's little work page, pages in it and everything, just figuring out the things in life that make you happy and how to infuse that into your home. And then we go into to organization. There's a whole chapter about dealing with design and grief. Um, there is, every single chapter has a little room guide of organizing your kitchen or your bathroom or this and that. And so it's, it's really about the mental health aspect of design and how to really make your home work for you and how to empower you to know that your home is perfect the way it is as long as it makes you happy and you shouldn't be designing Don't consider for other, other people. people. Right. Yeah. And did the show kind of shape this concept? Because it feels like it did. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because again, we, we read books and we see all these amazing designers with beautiful points of view. And sometimes we try to emulate that because we're like, oh, this is what we're supposed to be doing. And I found that with our, our people on Queer Eye as well, they would just be like, oh, well, I, I like Farmhouse Modern because they had seen, you know, Chip and Joanna, and they're like, well, that's what I would want. I was like, but then we'd be dig into it. I was like, well, is that just because you've seen it, or is that really what's going to make you happy? And so I really was able, with our clients, our heroes on Queer Eye, to dive into the, to the mental health aspect of it, into the, the happiness aspect of it, not just about the pretty picture of it. Right, because people see trends everywhere. Like, we're so inundated, so it, it has to influence people who aren't very design-driven, right? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm anti-trend. People are like, oh, what's your favorite trend? I'm like, my favorite trend is you designing what makes you happy, not what a magazine tells you. And obviously, we're in the industry. We need trends because we need people constantly redoing things and buying things. I get it. But 
if you're buying things that are making you happy, you know, I always say your home is like your phone charger. If you don't get your phone plugged in at, well at night, if your charger cord has a, has a short in it, your phone's not gonna make it through the day. Your home's the same. Your home should be really fully recharging you, and the way it does that is by having things in it that you're passionate about, and, and being organized. You know, chaos around you creates chaos in your mind, so all those types of aspects. So let's talk about what's next. What's, what's next for you, Emma? More show houses, a book, anything? More kids? More kids. No more kids. <laughs> I will lead with that. There will be no more children. Um, but I think, you know, one thing I've always just, it's been a long-term goal would be to design a line of furniture, lighting, art, textiles. So I think as I'm beginning to get on top of being able to be a mother of four children, the fourth one has really put me under. Uh, you know, we've got projects across the country, but being able to take a little step back from some client work to work on building something Abandoned. Yeah. How about you, Bobby? Um, I'm in the process of, of developing some new shows. Um, as many of you may know, I made an announcement this week that this coming season will be my last season on Queer Eye. Um, it's been nine amazing seasons and seven amazing years. Um, but as all designers, we all know, it's exhausting. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm ready to, to move on. Sounds to like you other... could do a show on your book. What's that? You could do a show around your book. Yeah, I mean, it's... it might be. Be a therapist. Teasers. Teasers. Before we open to questions, I just want to know if you could share any big success stories, that whatever meant the most to you from this virtual show house experience, and tell us what's next for Embello. Meant the most um, is definitely getting these group of amazing designers to come on. I'm, I'm a big relationships person. That always means a lot to me. I think you guys know that. And um, just getting everyone together just really is an amazing, you know, thing to do, all under the Showhouse umbrella. So that that's always wonderful. Um, the, the Showhouse itself, you know, we received over 800,000 views to the site. Our goal is to reach, you know, beyond one million, and that's something that, you know, in a traditional home you would not be able to do. And um, and on social. Uh, having 1.3 million impressions. And so on a, on a number scale, we're very obviously happy with how the show house is doing and already planning for the next one um, because it, it takes a full year to plan. So onboarding designers and, um, and leaning more into technology too and, you know, seeing how we can, you know, take it to even the next level you know, perhaps when you open that refrigerator, you're able to see inside of it, you know? And so just kind of making it a little bit more engaging, um, always trying to think what's next. Uh, it's really cool. And what about for Embello? Any cool campaigns designers here should know about or Yes. Um, so it's funny. We're actually working with Bobby on a fun um, gaming app um, that's huge in the industry. People, like, literally spend real money on, like, designing fake rooms. Yeah, my uh, daughter does it all the time. I get bills. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So um, so that's cool. Uh, we're also working with um, Ferguson as well and doing some um, collaborations with them. Interesting that not a lot of, pro like, product, they're doing in-person stuff, and that's kind of what we're doing, too. Even though it's a virtual experience, we know that, having these in-person, you know, events and activations are also important for our industry and relationships. And so, you know, doing things like this is always wonderful. And as will well. you ever do a physical show house? I don't think so. I, I think one of the greatest benefits, honestly, is being able to eliminate those costs, making it easy for everyone. And, and your pajamas, and the reach. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's, yeah, it's, I think we're good on 
on the virtual and side. And I'd love to open up for some questions. Don't be afraid. Raise your hand. We'll repeat your question. Or if there's a microphone floating around, grab it. So don't be afraid. Any questions? Any questions? Yes? No? Yes. Mary Linda. How did e <laughs> Hello, Mary Linda. Hi. How did each of the designers, um, it, it, you know, is it is are they original pieces that are in the room? Are they available one time? You know, because I know that that it's shoppable. Um, how did how did that come about? Yeah. So our official art sponsor was Minted, and so all of the designers worked with Minted to select their pe individual pieces throughout the space. Anyone else? I do yes. have one thing I can add on that. Yeah. This was really cool. So minted, although it's like printed artwork, it is still designed initially by an artist. And an artist reached out to me on Instagram after the show house went live and she said, I just wanted to thank you so much for using my piece in your room. I am like, she was just overjoyed. And that so gave sweet. me suddenly this connection, not just to minted, but to the actual artist. And I thought that was really nice. That's really cool. Yes. Hi, um, I was curious as a designer and going through the show house, how, um, how has it been with the selection that you guys are providing? Because you do have to choose from the sponsored partners, correct? Whereas usually sometimes you may be able to source vintage or bring in elements. Are there partners that, they, that you guys have been able to pull together that would represent some of those more vintage or found pieces that you wouldn't otherwise be able to virtually? How has that selection been? I think some of the stuff we were, and I don't just like to use the word restrictive, yeah. but some of the stuff were like, you know, we need to use this for wall cladding and things like that, but not all of it. Art, yes, it was, but a lot of it we did have free range. Yeah, so they were able to select, you know, from our sponsors, but also like MA was able to design, you know, some furniture and lighting pieces and use other yeah. vendors and in addition to For the most part, partners, yeah. every show home, Show Herm, I don't know, Show Herm. <laughs> Every show home will work that way. You know, when I've done physical show homes, there's always like, like Ferguson, there's always a major sponsor. Like if we're doing any appliances or countertops, like we have to specifically work with those. But when it comes to like the designy details of it, we usually have free range. Anyone else? Yes, no? Okay, well thank you guys so much for coming today. Thank you thank everybody. You. Please join us. Afterwards in the VIP room here for a meet and greet with Bobby, a preview of his book. And then also um, there are QR codes on the back of the Living oh. by Design. Um, There's also yep. a sweepstakes you guys probably have seen on the slide and on the brochure. If you uh, hover your phone over the QR code, you can enter for a chance to win $5,000 to upgrade your home. So definitely awesome. enter. Super smart. <laughs> yeah. Thank, Thank you, you all everybody. for coming. Thank you.